everyone, welcome. We are here live with the fabulous Rick Chen of Sotheby's International. Thanks for coming today, Rick. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Did I say your name correctly? Uh, uh, yep, you sure <laughs> did. Uh, I've got to give Brad a 10 out of 10 for that one. Five-star <laughs> review. Yep. How would you pronounce your formal full name? It's pronounced Riken. Only a handful of people in the world could probably pronounce that. So. <laughs> Riken, Riken. I also have my wingman, Mr. Stieg Sandell, Brad and Stieg of Bell Bank Mortgage, the Bell Home Team, one of the leaders in the market, and Jessica Von Baron, our awesome business development manager. Thanks for coming everybody. today, everybody. You're back to wingman status. <laughs> I know, yeah, I'm a wingman. Hey, it's been a while. not too bad. <laughs> so poor Rick's sitting in the hot seat, and he's just not sure what's going to happen to him. <laughs> I feel like I'm at the doctor's office. You know, Rick is cool yeah. as a cucumber, yeah. though. He doesn't get rattled. He no, doesn't he doesn't get, get rattled. rattled. Steve and I have had the privilege of seeing Rick in action. In action. Been in real estate action. Real estate action. We've been to a couple open houses with him, and I'll never forget the first one I left. I called Steve right away. I said, This guy's impressive. He's an oh, up and comer. He's not afraid to talk to people. He knows the business. He understands humans. And yeah, but it was impressive to watch. Sotheby's is lucky to have you. So we're going to look back on this day and say, oh, we got to Rick first before. (laughs) He's climbing the ladder. We got him on the middle run. So yeah, thanks for coming today, Rick. Thanks for having me. How about we tell our listeners kind of the story of Rick? Why real estate? How did you get into it? Why do you like it? Consider this like the origin story. Like, oh, (laughs) so I don't know how far back I need to go. So when I was a kid, my parents came here from China and like buying a home was one of their big goals. So I saw that process. And then when I went to college, I decided to pursue real estate. I was always interested in design, so I got a degree in retail merchandising. Jobs as fashion buyers were pretty scarce in the last recession, so I tried a couple different things before real estate. So I worked in finance, I sold Highline cars, and I also worked in technology sales like right before real estate. So I think all of those things kind of shaped me to become a realtor. So back in 2019, I just turned 30 or 31 at that time and I'm like hey I gotta figure out something that I wanna do for the rest of my life and I met with a very successful realtor in town and he told me a little bit about it. He kind of discouraged me from it because he said it was a very <laughs> stressful industry to be in. Uh, you know what? I think everything in life that's worthwhile is going to be a little bit stressful. I go through <laughs> stressors, but end of the day, making people's dreams come true and putting people in better uh, positions, it's all worth it in the end of the day. I'd have to say that. So that's why uh, four years in the business, haven't wanted to do anything else. To look at Rick, you might think, who's this high school kid selling real estate? Rick's got a a very young look, and he's a... The fountain of youth. Fountain of youth. And plus, you're a fashion guy. You can tell just by looking at you. Rick comes, he looks like he stepped out of a... Kanye West video. Oh, gosh. <laughs> that, he just did a fat flip, too. Oh, uh, yeah. That's got to come in handy when you're working with clients, especially kind of high-end or fashionable clients. You can kind of speak that language mm-hmm. and be able to identify stuff. Has that worked in your favor? When I first started in the business, I was told by people, you should always have a collar and some khaki pants, and that was never really my look. Before 19. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and the thing is, like, I get down and what I call it to the nitty gritty with some clients so I'm not afraid <laughs> on home tours to like get on my knees and make sure that a house doesn't have issue 
reviews as far as listings go. Sometimes I go over to a client's house, make sure everything's perfect for pictures and move things around. So mm-hmm. that khaki look with the polo doesn't really work for me. Oh my gosh, I'm wearing a suit. I'd have to buy a new suit every week. So <laughs> that doesn't work for me. I would say like I kind of have that athleisure look where I can athleisure. Look, uh, yep, athleisure. athleisure. Where I could look fashionable, but it's functional and I feel comfortable throughout my day and some of my days can get really long but like I dress how I dress to be comfortable so <laughs> scale of 1 to 10 how would you rate Steve's yeah that's, no no yeah. <laughs> I dress for radio today <laughs> you know what I actually think I used to have those Kohans those are really fashionable I used to have Kohans and you know what for closings that's like my look because yeah and I like kind of read your audience and dress for the occasion so I'm not always in some like animal print <laughs> basketball shorts and the lining of these shorts are silk by the way so I didn't, I, I didn't pick these up at Foot Locker so no very sharp very, very sharp, sharp very sharp dress for your day it's a new thing with yep. Bell too yep. dress for your day no yep. that's awesome I can't help but think about Sotheby's just such a perfect fit for you why Sotheby's and why did you choose them or why did they choose you uh, for sure I remember when I first got in the business I actually talked to one of the owners at Sotheby's and he said I'm not sure if this is the best place to start because lots of the agents there are pretty Mm self-sufficient maybe get your start somewhere else and come back and I think two and a half years in the business I did come back and then they hired me on the spot in real estate it's kind of like a two-way interview because like in real estate they're not paying you a salary they want you to be there for the right reasons. One thing that I gotta say that I love about Sotheby's, it's a phenomenal culture. Everyone at the offices are super humble. We all are top performers, so we all look for different innovative ways to market and serve our clients better, so that really resonated with me. It's not just about earning a commission check, but it's also about doing the right thing for your clients, and I believe doing the right thing, that's what a luxury really should be. Yeah, luxury is an experience, mm-hmm. not necessarily a product. Mm-hmm. For sure. And how many offices do you guys have? So we have four. So I'm in the North Loop office right in downtown Minneapolis. We also have our flagship office, 50th in France. Uh, be started in Edina. Just opened one in Stillwater. Shout out Stillwater. And then we also have one in what I call the Gold Coast down in YZ over by Lake <laughs> The Gold Coast. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Wasn't the Sotheby's brand started originally? Was it over? Was it London? Uh, no? Yep, over in London. It was an art auction house, and then yeah. I recall in the seventies, lots of the art auction house clients had real estate needs. That's why they were selling their art, and then that's wow. how Sotheby's International uh-huh. Realty came about. Cool, cool. I didn't know that. Did you know that? That they started in art, then all the art people are like, well, I got to sell my house too. No, yeah, that makes sense. I knew it was out of London. They were an art auction house, but that makes sense. That reminds me, the Sandell family, we've got a farm in the southwest Minnesota, and we, nice. we drive out there every Steve once in a like while. a farmer, doesn't <laughs> And in one of these small towns on the way, you know, you go through all these little tiny towns, and one of the towns, I think it was Sacred Heart, Minnesota, they, okay. there was a Dirk's Funeral Home. And so it was the local funeral home. And then the very next shop next to it was Dirk's Furniture. <laughs> so why is Dirk in the funeral business and the furniture business? And turns out yeah. people would pass on and what do you do with their furniture? Well, yeah. Dirk saw a hole in the yeah. market there. So Dirk's Funeral Home and Sotheby's Realty really have a lot in common. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. They sure do. They sure do. I'm not sure about that theory. Okay. <laughs> <Just go with laughs> that. 
How about the market? What have you been seeing in the market? I know you're active. You're everywhere on social sure. media. You're in all kinds of different places. Sure. As far as market goes, it depends on like what segment of the market. So I really don't like to make big blanket statements, but there's still buyers out there and there's still people that need to sell. A couple trends that I'm seeing is lots of first-time home buyers want to get into homes mm-hmm. because rent's just getting so much expensive and they feel like a little bit more control. Another thing that I'm seeing is a lot of baby boomers right now are looking for what their next step is. Is it a townhouse? Is it a condo? Is it a place somewhere warm? Mm-hmm. So seeing a lot of movement over there. So also, even though interest rates aren't the best right now, you know, there are some incentives out there for new construction homes. So I still do see some families that are upgrading from like their first or second single family home into something a little bit bigger, maybe a little bit newer too. So the market's good. There are some opportunities out there. Not crazy like back in the pandemic, but the market's still moving. Mm-hmm. So people can say they heard it here first. Steve and I, on a daily basis, watch rates and mm-hmm. the Mortgage Bankers Association and NAR, everyone's predicting, Fannie Freddie, mm-hmm. that rates will, come federal election time, be in the fives and mm-hmm. maybe even the fours and start to descend here in the fall and mm-hmm. winter. For someone that can afford it, if they, someone can afford a home today at, let's say, 6.5%, mm-hmm. in your opinion, are they better to buy the house now and mm-hmm own it put their name on it or should they wait and buy it in a year from now so here's the scoop I don't have a crystal ball so I have no idea what's going to happen and what wait a second magic eight ball do you have one of those no I don't have one of those either but like as far as it goes here I tell people I can't predict the future I can give you a recommendation on what's going on right now and right now we're not seeing crazy multiple offers I just had a house with 40 some showings and only one offer and we priced Mm. it to sell so like right now things aren't as competitive as they were back in 2020 2021 maybe even the earlier part of 2022 so if you could afford to buy a home right now I'd say like buy the home and date the rate get in the home that you truly love and if the interest rates do eventually go down just refinance as mm-hmm. far as it goes here it's simple as that right now lots of builders are offering discounts right now lots of homes that would fly like probably a year or two ago are like sitting on the market and sellers are offering concessions if you can afford to buy right now buy right okay good news i agree we talked to a lot of people who'd say, you know, I'd like to move, but Brad and Steve, you, I just financed with you a couple of years ago and my rate's at three and a half percent. I want to wait till rates go down to buy. And you're saying, well, geez, by the time you wait for rates to go down, do you think the price could maybe go up? Yep. There's a correlation between low rates and prices. So when the rates are lower, you know, the prices usually go higher. Mm-hmm. And then another thing that I have to mention is Lots of people are so concerned about rates and prices. Mm -hmm. What I tell people is you got to really focus on your lifestyle and your needs and your family's needs. Like, does your current house still work out for you? Lots of the baby boomers, for example, they need something without one floor living. Mm -hmm. The stairs don't work for them anymore. Why the heck would you put yourself through that pain? Because interest rates are a little bit higher, you know? And then, like, if your family is growing, I don't have a crystal ball, so I can't say that rates are going into the fours and fives. Mm -hmm. But if your kids are, like, yelling every day because they have to share a room, (laughs) why not take advantage of the building incentives right now and, like, get into a larger two-story home in the development somewhere right good advice you heard it here first <laughs> Rick Chen <laughs> Chen Chen I was teasing yeah. Yeah. I was teasing, teasing. Yeah. 
changing gears here, Sotheby's is such a high-end place, uh -huh. having been to all their offices. Mm -hmm. What's the most expensive piece of real estate you've seen that Sotheby's has listed locally? Uh, yeah, so we have a listing right now that's on Lake Minnetonka that's 15 million bucks. That's so, it? Uh, yeah. One five million? Uh, one five, and you know what? I hang out around Wyzetta sometimes, and there are places the that Gold are Coast. even bigger than that place. So if anyone's looking for their own private island, I'm happy to go ahead and give you a tour of that place. You do need a proof of funds or a pre-approval letter to see it. Ooh. But we have a you place. someone that could do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but there's a place for 15 million right now. Very nice, very nice. I think I know the house you're talking about, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. East Coast style homes. Yeah, beautifully done. Where's the seller moving to? I don't know. That's not one of my. Let's list. get in. Let's get into <laughs> their personal life here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. How about you see some pretty big hitters around Sotheby's, and you're on the way up. What are some tips you would maybe give to a fellow agent that was listening? Mm -hmm. yeah, is there anything you see mm -hmm. there that you haven't seen other places that sets? Agents apart, they do at Sotheby's. And other places. You know what? I'd say surprisingly, people think luxury real estate's all about ego. If you watch like Million Dollar Listing and Selling Sunset and all those reality shows, I'd say like the agents at Sotheby's are probably the most humble agents that I've ever met. Being humble is important for a couple reasons. One, you can resonate with a lot of different types of clients. Number two, that's how you learn. If you walk in a place like you're a hot shot, you're not going to be able to learn from the people around you because they're not going to be receptive of you and vice mm -hmm. versa. So, like, I would say stay humble, like, work hard, stay consistent. I've never seen that many people in the office during the day at any other brokerage as all our agents are such hardworking people. And at the end of the day, it's all about the clients. Always think client first. What can I do to make the experience for my client even better? Excellent, yeah. Good advice. I think you're right. I think when it comes down to good agents or good representatives mm -hmm. or good successful people, it's more about the work ethic than mm -hmm. the how cool someone thinks they are. That's why I'm lucky that I work hard and I'm really cool. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't see that a lot. And so. humble. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. I'm humble. I'm humble. Uh, Thanks, Jessica. You're welcome. How about a little more advice for people that are thinking about maybe they're selling or they're buying? They have their finger on the dial. They're about to call Rick. They're ready to buy a place. Do you have any advice for them? Are people thinking about selling? Is there... I know everyone's situation is a little bit different, but are there some common myths out there that you come across? Sure. Right now, the market is starting to turn. Back in the pandemic, the thing is, if you price it low, everything will sell. Right now, that's probably not the best strategy. Just price it low and put your house on the market, and like hopefully something will come. I'd say prepping your house and then marketing your house. Put yourself in the best position that you possibly can. That's one, putting in a little bit of work, if you can. And number two, and aligning yourself with the right people. You'll want to make sure that you're being well advised. You're not just working with a yes man or woman. They'll tell you what you want to hear want to in hear. order to get a listing. As far as it goes here, there are like lots of good realtors that make great livings for a reason. If it was that easy, everyone would do it. Good advice. Do I notice a common theme here? A common thread is hard work and just keeping your nose to the grindstone. That's mm -hmm. the best way for success. Yep, exactly. If there's one offer on the property mm -hmm. and the people that are inquiring, mm -hmm. they know there's one offer. If they put in another offer, they were asking me, how do we know there's actually an offer? Don't you have to prove it somehow? 
It's unfortunate that you have to ask this question because the code of ethics says that we have to be honest about how many mm-hmm. offers right. we actually do have. So there's no real way, a concrete so way to prove to that there's an offer. Yep, but ethical, if you do find out that there's not actually an offer on it, you could report the listing agent for like bad business practices. They might mm-hmm. get a slap on their hand. One way that I would do that if I had a buyer that was really adamant about finding out if there was another offer, I'd just ask the other agent, hey, I don't want you to show me all your cards on it. Do you think you could show me like a pre-approval letter and black everything out? Do you think you um, could show me part of the offer and black sure. everything out just yeah. to show that there's another offer on it? But if you're getting that deep in the nitty gritty, who knows if that listing agent's going to just come up with a fake one anyway. Mm-hmm. But the best thing to do, I say, is good communication. Ask right. good questions. I usually can weed out if there's actually other offers and how much interest there is on that property. So Sure. And that's what I told him. I said, you know, I don't know these listing agents, mm-hmm. but ethically, there's someone I knew, they're not going to BS it. But. Yeah, and if they don't have another offer, and because sometimes buyers get kind of gun shy, they hear there's another offer, that listing agent is shooting themselves in the foot in case the client says, oh, I don't want to jump in multiple offers. Interesting. Okay. We forgot to give a shout out to our favorite listeners. Hunter, we know you're listening. Just Hunter. Talk to, I just talked to Hunter before he came in here today. Hunter, don't fall off the ladder. Hunter, <laughs> uh, your painter? Yeah, does a great job. He's our number one fan. <laughs> yeah, number one fan. Outside of my mom and my wife. Yeah, <laughs> Hunter listens to uh, Rick, the internet's going to break over this. Oh, morning. gosh. Well, thanks for coming today, Rick. Time flies and you're having fun. Here's the million dollar question. Will you come back for part two in the fall? I should be able to. I should be able to. Give me some notice. And He's I'll checking sure. his schedule right now. And I'll make sure like my voice is a little bit better. I just came back from Miami and I got a little bit too dehydrated. So. Miami. Oh. Yep. oh, the sunshine state. How was it down in Miami? That's great. That's great. I got to see some good friends, did a little bit of boating, got some sightseeing. I thought it was a good idea to walk down South Beach and a degree weather yeah Miami's not fit for a Minnesota <laughs> <laughs> no kidding well how about if someone wanted to get a hold of Rick they wanted you to list their house or help you find a new one how would they get a hold of I'm on social media a lot send me a DM on Instagram so it's Rick R-I-C-K Chen C-H-E-N M-P-L-S. Go ahead and follow me on Instagram. Check out my profile and send me a message. I always reply to them within a couple hours. Cool. Very nice. Thanks for coming today, Rick. Appreciate it. Thanks, Rick. Thanks.